0: Welcome to another episode of the ticklish... Hey, don't, don't do that. The ticklish traveler. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of... <laughs> <laughs> the ticklish traveler and his travel tales. Don't do that. Yeah. Kane Tanaka everybody well as y'all know i don't have a phone i don't get on computers when i'm sitting in a coffee shop i like to observe on balls today there was an old timer he was walking by me and every step he took he was spilling his coffee <laughs> I watched him sit down. I'm guessing this old guy was, well, never mind. He's just very, very old. He got a sandwich, sat down at the booth. Five seconds later, he got up, returned the sandwich, and I could hear him. The bread I wanted, a a croissant you gave me. French bread. The young kid made the sandwich wrong the old guy called him on it. I put my fist together and pumped it in the air and said, good for him. He ain't got any teas, but he's got to eat soft bread. I sat down and the young fella working there offered to bring the new sandwich to his table. Which he did, and this was across the room at a coffee shop. The sandwich came to the old-timers table. He took one bite, looked in the sandwich, (laughs) and he got up, took the sandwich back for the second time. The young kid Came to the table with a little cup. Well, a half an hour or so went by. And when he got a second cup of coffee, we had a little chat. How you doing there old timer? Top of the morning to you. If you, if you get a sandwich to your kid, you better look at it. I ordered an avocado sandwich. They didn't give me any avocado on it. I says, hey, man, you know, if you're going to pay a whole quarter for lunch, then you expect to get what you order. Do you pay that much for it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> if I give a, a quarter, I'm going to expect change. <laughs> <laughs> we had a pleasant conversation about avocados and rich people and young kids. And it was all because I was watching and talking. Okay, everybody, thank you. Hello, everybody. Incidentally, 89 people have refused to say hello to me after I said hello to them. This is a national record. Believe it or not. Well, speaking of oddities, I gotta talk about my friend Pete. Old cigarette Pete. 312 in the morning in a hot Fresno winter. Zad, that, that? I need cigarette. Please. It was Pete. He was looking through the window. And good thing I was watching an old Errol Flynn movie. Like, Pete, man, it's 3.12. I go, my mom's in there sleeping. Dad, please, I need cigarette. Please, please. I go, no, we don't have any cigarettes here. Maybe I better go home and eat some fudge. Okay, Pete, go home and eat some fudge. <laughs> so he goes, go home. A couple days later, I see him and we took a drive up in his blue and him and me and his curly hair. We went up to Millerton Lake. Oh, it's a half hour or so outside of Fresno. Oh, it was a warm winter day. Me and Pete were the only ones up there except for this hillbilly looking guy. He had this old dirty cowboy hat on these dirty jeans and boots. And Pete, he walked right up to the guy, parking lot at Millerton Lake, under a blue, sunny sky. By the way, Jack, he had a belt buckle, that said Jack, big as a Twinkie. Jack, please, I need cigarettes. Please. So, Oh, well, all right, I can give you a cigarette. Mm, okay. So this guy pulled out a cigarette, guy in his late 60s, and he gives it to my friend Pete. Pete takes one puff off the cigarette, throws it on the ground and squashes it right in front of the guy. By the way, Jack, we shouldn't smoke, it's not good for us. <laughs> <laughs> Pete takes off and he starts jogging around the parking lot in his white t shirt. And I'm up in the tree, I'm laughing at the guy. This guy Jack's watching him. And he's smoking away and he's kind looking nervous. So Pete goes over and does some push ups on the bench. A few minutes later, Pete walks right up to the guy again and it's just been a few minutes. He walks right up to the guy and Jack, by the way, please I need another cigarette. uh, Well, this guy Reductantly gave my friend Another cigarette So Pete Takes a puff off it Throws it on the ground In front of this guy And squashes it (laughs) By the way Why are you giving me cigarettes? It's no good for us (laughs) Well, I, mean, I don't know about this. I mean, I mean, right. you know, Zar, where is Zar? He says, Where is my friend Zar? What have you done with him, Zar? Zad please, what but... Zar, Zar doesn't smoke cigarettes. He's you should leave him alone. Why? What did what did you do? So man, I jumped down out of the tree and hey Pete. What's that? You're okay. This guy, he, he, uh, oh, I don't know, but you get a cigarette and I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I got him out of there, man. You guys are (laughs) good. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) So one night, I went over to visit his brother, Pete's brother, and he's swallowing down these aspirins. Uh, like your M and M's, he says. Poor Pete, he's going to the neighbors at four o'clock in the morning, and please, please, he's in his pajamas and slippers. And Pete, his brother, lived in a real bad neighborhood in Fresno. And Pete was begging for pennies. Please, please, I need penny, because the Iranian guy down the road, at the liquor store. Sold cigarettes, singles. I believe they were dime, And if Pete got him a nickel, and he was real happy. But he got kicked out of there. And that's... <laughs> that's like a... He used to walk around the parking lots just to pick up pennies and nickels. Oh, man. <laughs> I couldn't believe this guy. Oh, man. And I seen him last time. It's been several years. He had big blisters on his fingers, and they were all purple and yellow and everything from smoking. I don't know where he is now. God bless you, buddy, and I hope you kick the habit. And man, oh, man, these cigarettes were not a good thing. But that was just kind of odd that he squashed out a couple in front of this old oaky guy. And I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, feet. Oh, oh, Old buddy. Okay, everybody, hope you enjoys this. Gene Rayburn, everybody. Well, I just was visiting with a friend of mine a little while ago. We have a lot in common. We both love our Lord so much. And we both talk about our Lord a lot. God is great. God loves us. God is very kind, understanding, caring, and I think more people should say these things. It makes you feel good. and I believe it. God would be pleased with hearing that as well. And what better thing is there to than to please our Lord? Well another thing me and this woman have in common, we really enjoy helping elder people. There's so many people out there in need, and it's real easy to help them. All you got to do is care. (laughs) And there's a lot of other things we have in common, and we were talking about common sense. She mentioned it's so rare anymore to find somebody with common sense and decency, and I think you can even upgrade that statement you can upgrade it to it's almost extinct which is a very sad state of affairs well this woman she's seventy and I'm nine that is this one lady told me I was nine she said I had the mind of a nine-year-old and I was listening to her as I was Bouncing a Super Bowl in her office. And after she told me I had the mind of a nine-year-old, I just looked up at her. And I simply said, Can I go out and play now? (laughs) 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 Well, talking about common sense. Arriving in Maine from Canada. It was summer. And the voyage there was full of dolphins and whales, icebergs, the works, all this nature and all these things, the beauty. And I loved it. Well, here I am in Maine at a bus depot, somewhere I don't know where. And I had nowhere to stay. I don't have a phone and no reservations and all this kind of stuff that most people do these days. They have reservations and everything's taken care of. I guess they were doing it in the old days too. At any rate, here I am in this bus depot. I a little bit boredom. After a couple hours, I went outside and I talked to the taxi drivers there. And these guys were from Africa. I believe they were from Somalia. I don't know where. Maybe Djibouti. I don't know. But here I go again. I was going down a side street. And there was a bunch of taxi guys there. And they were telling me. Talked to them for a few minutes. We, we had a few laughs. They told me to go this way. There was a place where I can get some sandwiches pretty cheap. And I did. Well, when I got back, and I did, I had a meatball sandwich and drink and everything. I got back, I got hollered at for leaving my bag in the corner. I got paged. And I was just sitting there laughing. And this other African guy he wasn't a taxi driver, just a guy from Africa, and he started talking to me and he said, Don't worry about you, you'll be okay. You know. So we were talking, and there was a real long line, and it was going into Boston. I did not feel like getting on a long line and getting on a crowded bus and going to Boston. You know. I just didn't. So I got on this little iPad that I got from the little neighbor kid there in Wyoming, because I helped him put a roof on. So I was trying and trying in vain on Airbnb, trying to get myself a room. Nothing, nothing, and again, nothing. Well, after I was there several hours in this bus depot, in Maine, in the summer, the kid paged me and said, Hey, for are you coming to the counter. I went up to the counter and I said, the kid said, hey man, you can't be hanging around like this. You've been in here a long time and we don't allow it. And all I did was show him the iPad. I had just booked a room two minutes earlier. It was something camping or something, a lady's backyard. It was 31 bucks and I didn't know where it was. I didn't have a tent. I didn't care. I just sleep on the lawn, you know, just to get out of there. It was making me real nerve wracky being around all those people and I did not have to get in that Boston line I had to go a different way than everybody else and just that alone was worth 31 bucks just to go a whole different way in Maine it wasn't far from the ocean Well, I'm sitting there waiting for the bus an African guy that I talked to earlier but you better hurry you better hurry! It's coming now! It's raining here now! What? I thought. Oh, oh man! Oy. So I run out, and I waved kind of tall. I waved my hand, and the conductor just was cocking his arm. He was gonna close that train door, and he saw me. And I mean, I was a football field away. And there's people kind of dashing in and out. And that guy says, "Man," he goes, "Good thing I seen you. And good thing you're that ugly and tall." <laughs> As I seen you, I just, well, that's that's a relief, you know. So the door shut, and off I went, going to I don't know where. What happens is the buses take you there in Maine to where you have to go. But because I was going that different way, there was no bus taking me anywhere. It was a train. Jeez. Thank God for that African kid. He was 20 or so. So I got on that train, You know, like I said, I just made it. So I landed somewhere, and this guy Jack picks me up. He was a caretaker of the room that I booked, the tent in the backyard. I says, hey, man, I appreciate it. You're welcome. So I says, okay, you know, I'm going to go buy some food. It was midnight by then. So he picked his triple hamburger place with fries and a Coke, and I got milkshake for us. In fact, that's all I had was milkshakey. And he had a triple burger, fries, and a Coke. <laughs> he starts telling me how oh, he had a triple bypass heart attack a few months ago, surgery. I go, oh, man, what are you eating that triple heart attack burger for? Oh, I don't know, I don't feel, I don't feel too good. I go, oh, man, come on. I finished off his fries. And I told the guy, you know, just take it slow. it be easy, you know, and everything's all right. Give him a glass of water. And he kind of recuperated, and off we shoo, off we went in a wobbly yonder. It was just forest all around and dark. And this guy felt a little bit better. I gave him, a, you know, a cup of water. Jeez, you, know, you got to be kidding me with this! Talk about common sense. How can you have a double, or triple bypass surgery a couple months ago, and then now you're eating a burger, a triple burger at one in the morning? Oh man, oh man, I just couldn't believe this guy. So he showed me around this little town and i get to the house and he goes don't worry nobody's here you can sleep in the room he goes the only thing is there's no doors well okay i i wouldn't mind listening to the who (laughs) okay was a rock and roll joke so anyway i slept indoors and there was a southerner there Teresa. boy she was real friendly i mean real friendly she drove me to the beach the next day and she buttered me up oh the beach is beautiful you should see it hardly anybody goes there the ocean's calm great she goes you know we do need to take that carpet out over there in room Jeez. <laughs> oh, I oh no problem i ripped the carpet out took me a couple hours i got sweaty and everything and I didn't mind doing that for her, and I I hammered the nails down in there so they wouldn't cut people's toes. Then she took me to the beach, and she got me breakfast. It was right on the beach. I remember there was a funny waiter. Everybody's yelling at him, and I says, I'll take over for you, and he, he gave me the pad. He goes, here you go. <laughs> oh, man, I had a good time over there. So this is Teresa, the one that drove me to the beach, she was also a caretaker in this main home. And there was nobody around. There was just forest in the back. Well, Jack came home that night and he simply told me, you know, I work hard all day. I don't want to do anything for this lady. And I don't. I go, man, are you kidding me? He's hired on there to do two hours of work. And he's real intelligent about fixing things some computer guy but he was at least honest with me and he didn't do a gall darn thing the whole time I was there I had to help him put the doors on there wasn't even a door in the shower or no what do you call it, a little curtain oh man oh man and they had a the little bar soap from the hotels and that place was a catastrophe and the lady that owned the home had never even been there she lived in Carolina somewhere And she sent a package a few days after i was there and this big box came and teresa says great you know we're going to get some supplies for the house and it was fingernail clippers (laughs) okay everybody thank you (laughs) (laughs) Alright, I can't stand